Hi, this is Mike Spivey with the Spivey Consulting Group. It is Sunday, August 9th, and I wanted to do a podcast right before the admission cycle. I know there's a few schools that have released their applications. I don't believe any are accepting them yet. So before the cycle started, I wanted to give a podcast on a, unfortunately, too common mistake. We It's not common on a sort of macro level, but it is common when you see people punch below their numbers. And that's sort of the going too fast, too furious, a movie franchise I've never seen. But, you know, hitting the gas pedal too hard and freaking schools out a little too much. And think about it, if you're applying to law school, you're applying for a whole cycle. So on any given week, could you scare off a law school? Probably not. But when you aggregate the amount of attention you give toward them over time, it's certainly possible. And we see it every cycle. We see it, you know, scores of times every cycle. If this doesn't sound familiar, it actually is because almost everyone in their life has been too overeager at some point. Just think like, I hate dating analogies, but think relationships, think jobs, I can give you an example on the professional level job front. I was at one of the three law schools I was at. We had a faculty member up for tenure, and he was great. He had wonderful student reviews, was very well published, and sort of an expert in his field. Went to, like most faculty, a very elite law school. And he didn't get tenure. I'm almost certain I know why, because he went around the law school literally like on a 24-7 basis including me, and I, I wasn't on the tenure committee, I wasn't even faculty, and was just constantly asking everyone in the hallway, everyone he could, do you think I'm going to get tenure? Do you think I'm going to get tenure? In almost like a nervous way, and this is a friend of mine, he's a federal judge now, so he, good for him, he landed very softly. But every single data point pointed him towards getting an offer, and he didn't, and it was because he was too sort of wrapped up into the process. If you're going to have a takeaway from this podcast, here it is. You can't will yourself into admission. And so many people applying to law school are the kind of people like me, like you, possibly, who are very proactive. And, you know, I think I can will myself into a four-minute mile time running, but I can't. There's nothing at 48 years old. There's nothing I can do no matter how hard I train. It's very similar. You can't just push the door open, even if you're strong. And sometimes the harder you push on the door, the more they're going to push back. So let me, first I'm going to talk about the ways people do this in sort of a rank order way from most common to least common. And then I'm going to talk about ways you can identify if you're doing it. Probably the most common is the over-explainer. So you really want to get into ex-law school and you explain in your application and your communication with them, like every part of your life or your, a classic example would be character and fitness addenda where it only needs to be two paragraphs, right? Or I mean, if it's like speeding tickets, it needs to be three sentences. I was doing 75 and a 65 on this day, blah, 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 on this day. My fault, I've slowed down and I was just a little bit of a different person two years ago. And rather than doing that, you get like this, I mean, this would be weird for speeding tickets, but you get like this two page, you know, it was the officer's fault. I wasn't doing 75. I went to court. So the over explainer, it it happens a lot in character and fitness essays, but it can happen in communication. Think about the conversation you've had with a stranger where they start telling you their whole life story and you've never met them. 
and sometimes it's like life story in like the, the most dramatic, saddest, or intense of ways. And you like just met this person at the grocery store. You don't want to tell admissions people. You, you, you certainly can tell them life's trials and tribulations in a personal statement or diversity statement form, which we call an adversity statement. But you don't want to, for a cycle long, even if the admissions people whose job it is to pay attention to you, particularly if you're a strong candidate, you don't want them to know about your dating life. There, there, there's a classic example. I, when I was in admissions, I would get to know applicants and they would start telling me about their dating life and like how their significant other was being unfair. And, you know, it's just, it, it was just a huge red flag. That sort of would have you from an admissions perspective, really slow down. I'm thinking about whether you're going to admit the applicant or not because you worry about their EQ and you worry about their ability to get a job. The second most common would be the over-spammer. Okay, in this one, it's comical at first and then it gets less comical early on. I'll give you a real-life antidote because even though it's 5.25 a.m. my time, I just got off the phone with my business partner, Karen, who was at Harvard, who had a waitless applicant send the Office of Admission five large pizzas on like a Wednesday, and there were only four people in the office at the time. I mean, that's, you know, that's the beginning of spamming an office. You're trying too hard. So over-spammers are people who are, and again, you can go back to any sort of dating analogy of sending someone a text and then sending someone a text again and then sending someone a text again. Towards the end of this podcast, and I'm not gonna, this, this won't be the longest podcast of all time. Trust me, it's going to be about 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you how you can know if you're doing this. But just keep in mind, always good to be professionally persistent is the way I alliterate it. It's always good to stay in touch with admissions offices. It's always good to mirror their level of interest. So if they're responding to you, I would always respond back, even if it's a thank you for the update, exclamation point. Incidentally, research shows that people like exclamation points. Not more than one, but you know, you can be yourself. You can say thank you, exclamation point, 100%. Always respond, but don't just be pinging them every other day. Don't be the person that sends a postcard in every day to an office because that's over spamming. That's frequent, that happens. The third most popular would be the over publicly talker. Just think about that faculty example I gave at the beginning of this podcast. Someone who was online every day talking about a school what do you think my chances are what do you think about them i you know i dream of them if you're doing it once a week no big deal the school's not gonna if anything the school might like you right if you're talking fondly about the school but if you're talking about them every single day it gets obsessive and that's when they start trying to figure out who you are the person who signed in to, this was online years ago it was right when schools could see how many times people were checking their status updates the SAS checker and someone did like a thousand six hundred at Georgetown, right? I mean, that's way too much affection. <laughs> they're too interested in the school. There's yield protection, but then there's like too much yield protection. Yes, we know you're going to come, but now we're freaked out. So I would just, you know, I would always moderate what I say online. Some people just can't control their prefrontal lobes online, but why would you ever risk anything to the detriment of your long-term career? So if you're in love with Princeton Law School and you're talking about Princeton Law School every single day, it is probably going to show up on their radar. Before I get to the no boundaries, because it's kind of hilarious, the last category I have, probably you won't commit this violation. I made up a word for it. It's called the permutator. 
So you want to know every sort of permutation of every sort of possible outcome. This happens online a ton, and it happens to my firm a ton. You know, if I have a 167 and a 3.6, how do my odds change from a 166 and a 3.8? That's a fair question, but if you have an hour phone call where you're giving every single possibility some that, you know, there's there's too many unknowns. You haven't even taken the LSAT yet. Get us a score, and then we will play the chance you game. I doubt people would do this to law school. I just wanted to make note of it. The boundaries thing is the thing that can crush people within a day, not a week, a month, or a cycle. We have a post on it. I'm going to link that post as part of this blog. I think it's called, like, Scary Stories. We did it for Halloween. But there are certainly ways you can push boundary. If you ask an admissions officer about their dating life, that would be classic. If you show up at their apartment or parking garage, which happened to me, I went down to my car in the parking garage and someone was waiting for me. That is pushing the boundary. For 99.9% of you, that's going to sound like, whoa, like, I can't believe that happened. But if you're in that 0.1%, you know, where it seems like an admissions person is showing you attention, just don't like show up in their personal space. Because that's going to get you denied very quickly. If you're sitting on the hood of someone's car, waiting for them in the dark parking garage, that's going to get you denied very quickly. So now, how do you know if you're committing any of these over-aggressive, over-eager violations? The easiest way to do it is just reverse the angle. And what I mean by that is I know you can't think like a dean of admission, thank goodness, because I would be out of a career. And it's very hard for an applicant to put on a dean of admission hat, right? I mean, it's hard for a lot of people who give law school admissions advice to do it because even though they've been giving advice for many, many years, they've never been an admissions officer. So they don't actually know what it is that irks or appeals to admissions officers. But what you can do is you can think of the school or schools that overly reach out to you. And, you know, we see it every year. I'm not going to name a school and yours might be different than others. So you have your dream school, but then you have the school that's just like texting you, you know, or emailing you all the time. Think about how often they're reaching out to you and then say to yourself, am I doing that to another school? That's a great way to, to reverse the angle. You know, again, you might not be able to read from a law school admissions office perspective, and that's understandable. When in doubt, we want you to be sincere. Sincerity is very important in this process. There are almost, I can't say how in your personal statement, you could ask someone on the admissions committee about their dating life. So there are almost no topics if done the right way. And I've read some just really personal, personal statements about abuse and mental health issues that were spectacularly done because they, they were sincere and they were important parts of the person's life. But in the application, very wonderful to be disclosive if you're comfortable with it. But offline and emails or texts or phone calls, that's when you don't want to be overly personal. I guess the other data point of note would be, and I don't want you all to over worry about this, but if it, let's say a dean of admission gives you their personal private email address and you're emailing back and forth and then if all of a sudden they go silent, it might mean that they're busy. In fact, usually it does mean that they're busy. I, I, you know, on any given day, I might get 350 emails. So I, you know, I don't get to respond to 350 emails. And that could be what's happening to the dean of admission on the other side. But I would always, again, mirror their communication level. If they go silent, don't keep pushing the gas pedal. Because even if they are busy, they don't want another email. 
hope this was helpful. We'll post this on Reddit. And if I didn't explain this in enough detail and with the link post, people can let me know. Be safe in these times. And I will see everyone on Reddit. Thanks.